All right, you two. Winter break is over. It's time for another installment of Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things. A review of what we got done on our morning show. The hibernation be damned. (laughs) This is what we got done on our morning show. Some of it, at least the the top five things that got uh, done on the morning show, which you can hear, we'll have you know, every weekday from 5.30 until 10. My name is Dave. This is my partner, Darren. Hey there, Darren. Hello, friends. I'm ready for this. Are you? I am. Is this podcast being brought to us by anyone? It's brought to you by Nature's Treatment of Illinois. Remember that Nature's Treatment is the only locally owned dispensary. That is important because the dollars stay here. Tech Drive in Milan and West Main Street in Galesburg. And both locations are open seven days a week. Both dispensaries offer recreational cannabis. And Milan offers medicinal, including topicals for localized pain. Let's get into it with number one. Number one. One. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. Amateur treasure hunter plunges 130 feet to his death in a hole he dug in his house. (laughs) Oh, no. And all you want to do is just get a metal detector. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not digging nothing. Digging a hole in the foundation? (laughs) No. 130 feet? That is a commitment to insanity. (laughs) That seems seems like a bit much, no? Yeah. Oh, no. And if you're going to do it, remember where it is. He dug a 130-foot hole under his kitchen floor after a dream he had that there was gold buried under his house. You know that's just a dream. I don't know that. (laughs) No, somebody was trying to tell me something. This happened in Brazil. Joel Pimenta, 71 years old, lost his balance on Thursday and plunged down the massive pit that he excavated. Whoops-a-daisy. Which ended up being as tall as a 12-story building. Yes, he's going to be there a while. Neighbors neighbors told local media outlets that following a prophetic dream that Pimenta had, he became obsessed with the idea that there was gold buried beneath his kitchen floor. He spent over a year digging for treasure. One neighbor said they had tried to advise the elderly man against digging the dangerously deep hole, but this guy couldn't be convinced that it wasn't a good idea. He insisted upon digging... Ha <laughs> digging, ha <laughs> digging. Convinced that if he just kept digging, eventually he would reach gold. That dream was so lifelike. The neighbor said in the last couple days of his life, this guy was talking about finding some dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> the hole isn't deep enough? To blow up a large rock that had been hindering his excavation. When you look at the hole, the pictures of it's like kitchen floor. It's like right in front of where his refrigerator is. Yeah. And it's just a 35-inch in diameter hole cut into the linoleum that just goes, again, straight down 120 feet. According to the neighbor, this pimento would also pay other people to help him dig the hole, increasing their rate of pay 
as the whole grew deeper. This is like a metaphor. You're going you're gonna to dig the hole right in front of the refrigerator. Probably one of the most <laughs> traveled areas in the house. He was paying people up to $500 to assist in his efforts. Help me get this dirt out of here. Local police responded to his home on Thursday after he had fallen and his body was taken to a medical center for an autopsy. You know, I'm, uh, I'm no Quincy M.E., but I'm going to guess it was the fall that killed him. <laughs> From 12 stories? From 12, from 12 stories into Mother Earth. <laughs> First, stop the bleeding. When, okay, so you're one of the neighbors, and you know he's doing this. Yes. And then you don't see him for a while. Yes. It doesn't take too long to put it all together. Well, and then he was talking about, in his last days, getting some dynamite to blow up the rock that was hindering his, yeah. his search. If you get a chance, look up the photos of this. Yeah. I mean, the whole, he's got, a, like, lights. I guess you would you have, have to. to. He's got, like, a whole system of lights. This guy was found to have suffered head injuries and broken legs, as well as other fractures, and was pronounced dead. Officials say they were unsure exactly how long he had been working on this hole that he'd been digging again. Clearly a while. In his kitchen. Yeah, I had a dream, man. I had a dream that there was gold under the kitchen floor, so I I just kept digging. And uh, You know, that was just your subconscious. <laughs> you were just working out some stuff, yes. Oh, my God, that's just incredible. And I'll start right in front of the refrigerator. Anybody have any idea where I can get some dynamite? This rock is in the way. This will take forever without dynamite. He became obsessed with the idea that there was gold buried under his property. One neighbor says that, and this is the neighbor who says that he was looking for the dynamite. He says uh, he had spent more than a year digging that hole and hired many people to do the excavating work. He was paying 70 Brazilian reals a day when the hole was still shallow, but the deeper he went, the more the costs went up. I would say it's safe to say he lost money on the deal. <laughs> he hit a large stone that appeared it was difficult to remove, and he was trying to get a hold of dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed he was told by a spirit in a dream that there was gold under the rock below his kitchen floor. He was warned constantly about the danger of this mission, but he was ignored. Well, finally on, uh, I guess Thursday or Friday, it was, it was the end. Firefighters got a call at 1.30 on Friday to go to this house after the owner suffered a fall of approximately 130 feet. Wow. I just, I, when you look at these photos, this, it's unbelievable. It's believed he slipped and plunged to his death. Maybe he was just trying to get, maybe just like sleepwalking to the, refrigerator it's, that's why you don't put it there it looks like a hole like Bugs Bunny would come out of a friend he was working with was unable to save him <laughs> sorry not much I can do when you fall 130 feet 
in your kitchen. And number two. Number two. <laughs> wow. Number two. Number two. 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 A pair of Florida stories to share this morning. And Florida. You know, I can't help myself. I almost feel like we, we could do like a matchmaker thing here. I, we have a Florida man and a Florida woman in the news this morning. And oh, I think this could be magic. I think they're just perfect for each other. Where would you like to start? Florida man or Florida woman? Uh, ladies first. I like what you're doing there. A Florida woman is in trouble. Jessica Beatty is 42 years old. Investigators say she was subject to a random testing as a stipulation of release terms. She got arrested, I guess, uh, at the end of the year, December 28th. She was arrested for possession of drug paraphernalia and driving with a suspended license. They let her go, mm-hmm. but part of the deal you make when they let you go is uh, they can come over and, and test you when they want. And we did. And they did. And? Uh, well, uh, this woman lives in Clearwater. It says here that she has a lengthy rap sheet with numerous cocaine convictions. It's just like the cocaine. It just, uh, it just smells so good. <laughs> I don't even like the high. I just like how it feels in my nose. As she says here, or the, it says here, uh, that she's got this lengthy rap sheet, numerous cocaine convictions and related incarceration terms, free on her own recognizance following last month's arrest. Beatty had an appointment on Thursday to go and give them a sample at the county's misdemeanor probation oh, unit. I'll give you a sample, all right. The test is designed to detect the presence of chemical substances or controlled substances. Now, she was concerned, Jessica was, that, that maybe uh, the urine would turn up dirty. So she had an idea. Why did she think that? Well, I'm not going to speculate, <laughs> but... She knew things. She's more informed on what she's putting in her body than I am. Mm-hmm. Concerned that her, her, she would fail the drug test, she showed up with a fraudulent urine sample. You know, bring someone else's urine yeah. to the urine test. See how that works. Although, how do, you, how do you make sure that the urine you're using, I mean, if you're asking a buddy, how do you know that buddy is giving you urine that's yeah. going to be clean? You, you, get, you gave me bad stuff. Yes. Man. So in an attempt to uh, cheat the court... She submitted dog urine. <laughs> the dog urine is what she brought to the... Uh, I know what I'll do. <laughs> Terry Trickles. When confronted about the phony sample, she admitted that she had collected urine from her aunt's dog, which she intended to provide during testing. Was the aunt okay with this, or was this done behind her back? I mean, I don't know which is better or worse. Collecting urine from a dog seems like it'd be rather challenging. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to stay on top of it. It does not say what kind of container she used to house the fraudulent sample. (laughs) And we don't have the details as to how the collection of the canine waste took place. But yeah. The, the drug tests, you know, they're able to look at your urine and determine whether or not you've done drugs. They're also able to determine pretty quickly whether or not it's human urine or not. Yeah. She was arrested right then and there at the probation office and charged with urine testing fraudulent practices. That's a misdemeanor. I've got bad news. You've got heartworms. 
And now that freeing in the uh, drug driving case, that has been uh, rescinded. Beatty last year launched a cleaning service that she incorporated with her boyfriend, an ex-con whose rap sheet includes convictions for robbery, narcotics, possession, disorderly conduct, obstructing police, loitering, and prowling. But he's very tidy. So maybe she used some cleaning supplies? I don't get it. I don't understand. That's Florida woman. Then there's Florida man. Now, this is in Lee County, Florida. How do you know Lee? From Starbucks. Florida man taken into custody after he was spotted in someone's backyard wearing underpants around his neck. That's according to the Cape Coral Police Department. It is a good look, though. You know, I was nervous for half a second. I thought, will 2024 deliver the Florida man, Florida woman stories that we've come to depend on? God bless you, Florida. You just, you never let us down. Florida? But that's America's wing. Uh, Police say they got a call on Thursday about a prowler just before 10 p.m. The caller explained that someone was seen in their backyard wearing a gray hoodie, black shorts, and a dark mask on his face. Upon arrival, officers found this man, identified as Troy Stewart, 35 years old, in an empty lot. He was discovered lying on his stomach between a tall hedge and thick brush near a seawall. Similar to the college description, police say Stewart was indeed wearing a gray hoodie, black shorts, and a dark blue pair of underwear around his neck. Stewart told cops that he was running along the canal for exercise due to the canal's aesthetics and to avoid cars on the road. And the underwear? Well, that was just there to protect his face from the cold. Stewart added that he had been confronted by two other men, so he was running away to hide. Police said they spoke with the two men who confronted Stewart, both of whom lived there along the parkway. One told officers he saw a man in a gray hoodie and black shorts walk through his backyard and said he shouted and approached him. He was able to remove this guy's hood to see who he was, and that neighbor escorted him to their front yard. Another neighbor told officers that they had reported that two of their bonsai plants, valued at around $7,000, had been stolen earlier in the month. So uh, they had like a heightened sense of watch what's going on in the backyard on account of somebody took seven grand worth of bonsai plants away from them. You don't want that. Investigators added that the suspect in that theft was seen on surveillance video on January 11th walking towards additional bonsai plants at the same address before fleeing from the area as if he were spooked. Afterwards, officers went to Stewart's home, and what do you think they found? Several bonsai plants, although this is where it gets even weirder. Those bonsai plants did not match the exact description of the stolen plants. So take that. <laughs> These. <laughs> it's a dink, is all. So now this guy's looking at a charge of loitering. Uh, he was released on bond of $150. He'll be in court on January 30th to try and explain himself. We got the bonsai trees, but these are not the right bonsai trees. I got good news and I got bad news. <laughs> did you find the bonsai trees? I did. We found bonsai trees, but not the bonsai trees we were looking for. That's Florida. 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 That's...
never disappoints. Three. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. 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 Darren has had a handful of misadventures when he travels by air. We've chronicled those from time to time. I'd rather not relive it. I'm not going to ask you to go through it again. But safe to say that you're someone who has had a couple of uh, probably more misadventures uh, in an airplane than anyone deserves. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's safe to say? I won't make you rehash all the, all the terrible times you've had to put a plane down in Wichita because uh, somebody was dying. I knew it was going to happen, too. As soon as I saw her. Well, I guess here we are rehashing it. Who travels by themselves on an oxygen tank? Doesn't seem like the best idea. It's a segment we visit from time to time when there are uh, misadventures in the air. We call it I Can't Believe Darren Wasn't On That Flight because it seems like the sort of thing that would have happened had you been uh, on the plane. You weren't this time, thank goodness. This was an early morning Delta flight from Birmingham, Alabama to Atlanta, Georgia. Shouldn't take long. I wouldn't think. No. This is like that. It's like flying from here to Chicago or something, right? (laughs) Right. That's that flight where... You don't, you don't, you barely get off the grounding. It's kind of bumpy the whole way. It is. It is. The flight to Chicago from here, it, it seems like you spend more time taking off and, and landing than you do actually traveling. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a woman sharing a, an experience again. Uh, this would have been on Christmas Eve, all right? Mm-hmm. So you're flying from Birmingham, Alabama to Atlanta, Georgia. They're traveling with their eight-year-old daughter. 20 minutes after takeoff, they started to smell something on the plane, and it was terrible. A terrible smell all throughout the cabin. I'm guessing, too, if you're flying on a plane from Birmingham, Alabama to Atlanta, Georgia, it's not probably the biggest plane. Yeah, but it depends on what kind of, what, what kind of smell are we talking about, something that you would be actually concerned with right okay i see or, what you're saying or right. is it a something where it's like who's got the who's got the stinky cheese and that's what it is this is not a, a, a example of like if you're smelling burning on a plane yeah, like an engine something yeah that's I, I not smell oil burning that's not what this is no. something smells terrible uh, this woman assumes, oh, gosh, you know, we're traveling with our eight-year-old. Maybe she had an accident. Yeah, right. But the kid goes, not me. What are you talking about? Not me, ma. The horrible scent lingered for the rest of the plane ride, and it wasn't until they landed that they uh, started to disembark that they figured out what was going on. Yeah, what was the deal? On their way out, they noticed one of the chairs, eight rows ahead of where they were seated, was absolutely covered in crap. Somebody pooped their pants and then just sat in it and then just wiped it all over the seat, apparently. What? Yeah. How does that happen? Uh, from, like, the flight before? The defecation. No, it was their flight. It was the flight from. The defecation engulfed the entire area, including the bottom and the back of the seat. They write here, me and my daughter were headed to Key West on Christmas Eve and had to take a connecting flight from Birmingham to Alabama. About 20 minutes into the flight, I get a terrible smell. I asked my daughter if she had pooped. She's eight. She denies any wrongdoing, and the smell lingers for the rest of the flight. Upon exiting the plane, eight rows in front of me, I see someone had pooped all in their seat. 
Okay, the bottom of the seat and the back was covered. This person happen? had sat in their crap for a good hour and then departed into the Atlanta airport covered in crap. Definitely a first for me, she writes. This is my first time flying. <laughs> now, I'm, just, I'm not to, good at this. To answer the question about, okay, that's not that long of a flight, right, from Birmingham to Alabama. Uh, they say we taxied on the runway for a good 45 minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you don't want that. Somebody says, uh, I was waiting for somebody to post this. I was in the same row and uh, as this person on the left aisle side. Do we know who this person is, or is it the Phantom? It went all the way back there. It was over halfway up the seat. How's that happen? Mm -hmm. The person who did it, I guess, said to another person on the plane, quote, 5 a.m. flight. I must have had too much coffee. (laughs) Blame it on the Java. (laughs) Don't print... Don't blame this on coffee. Don't bring coffee into this. Being stopped by the cops literally scared the crap out of her. She told police, quote, I pooped my pants. I ate too much corn. And they sat there for a good 45 minutes until they deplaned. What about the breakfast burrito buffet that you were at? Maybe that was it, too. It could have been. Didn't help. Oh, my gosh. Says here, saw someone saw this person scampering toward the restroom at the airport. Scampering? Even before we boarded, though, that plane smelled weird. There was some kind of fishy smell going on. Oh, no. When someone asked, How were you guys not gagging to death from the smell the entire time? They said, It wasn't that bad when we were sitting. It only got bad when everybody stood up. Oh, I have not. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. That's uh, someone commenting here. As someone with stomach issues, I feel for them. Twice a year, maybe I have an event, but so far, never on a plane. Yeah, knock on wood. Oof. Jeez. You probably think, too, it's a short flight. I should probably be able to make it. But, uh, yeah, that I should be able to hold my breath. Too, too, much, too much coffee. Four. 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 We haven't done this in a while. People reaching out on the internet to complete strangers to ask the question, hey, was I in the wrong? Yeah. Something happened with a family member, with a coworker, with a stranger. And I responded. I acted in a way that now that I think about it, I wonder if my actions could be seen as, uh, you know, kind of jerkish. Was I a jerk here? Again, these are, it's a subreddit. We can't call you what the actual subreddit is called because yeah, of, uh, They're not asking professionals. No, no. Just, they're, uh, they're asking... The general public. Well, here's the thing, though. This contrasts with the advice column. Bit right. Because you're going to get responses. Uh-huh. Not from trained professionals, but from the average uh, ham and eggers out there, mm-hmm. uh, the hardworking people, the salt of the earth, Darren. 
And I think this is probably, in a lot of ways, is a more valid uh, response. And you get a much quicker response on Reddit than you get from, oh, I don't know, writing a newspaper in the year 2024. So these are folks who wonder if they're in the wrong. We have found, ever since we started sharing these stories, that more often than not, they're not jerks. No, because uh, typically, if you have the capacity to even question yourself, then... Yeah, jerks don't sit there and go... Jerks don't question themselves. Right, they don't, it's, that's, that's not a club inca- in their back. They're incapable of being aware. Exactly. Did I do that? Am I a jerk for expecting my boyfriend? Did I dream this? What? Did Urkel burn down a house? On the show or in real life? In real life. Jaleel White, the actor. Yeah. You dreamt that. Okay. Good. It's an odd thing for you to dream. I know, it's a strange dream to have. On purpose or accidentally? I don't think think it was on purpose i mean tyreek hill uh, recently uh, yeah. had a house burned yeah. down yeah. but no jaleel white is he didn't burn down a house no to okay. the best of my knowledge okay good not an arsonist boy now if that happens Ugh. you were here weren't you am i a jerk for expecting my boyfriend to replace my expensive chocolates i got some nice chocolates for my birthday and christmas not crazy expensive but certainly nicer than i'd buy for myself I like to have one piece with a cup of tea after dinner and really savor the chocolates. My boyfriend tends to inhale snacks, so I make sure I have plenty on hand if he's coming over. He can polish off a full chocolate bar and a bag of chips easily. I shared some of the nice chocolates with him, but I told him they were gifted to me, so not to get into them. Well, he did. Stay away from my nice chocolates. He got into them all right. He ate all of them. I was given four boxes of chocolates. Sounds like you would have had plenty. Uh-huh. I ate less than a quarter of one box. He finished the rest of the boxes. Oh, my God. I didn't get angry or anything. I just told him he better replace him, and he did. Okay. With candy bars from the chocolate store. I told him that's not the same, and I expected a real replacement. He thinks I'm being unreasonable because chocolate is chocolate. So the replacement has happened. I asked why he didn't eat bars of chocolate that I got from if it's all the same. He got annoyed and left. I still expect him to replace these chocolates. Am I the jerk here? What's with this guy eating three and a half boxes of... Or three and three quarter (laughs) boxes of chocolate? Yeah, that's a red flag, isn't it? After you you mention it to him. Yeah. It's like, disregard what you said. Well, those... Those Christmas chocolates that you get, I can have two, maybe three of them, and that's enough. I can't imagine just shoveling down like that. Yeah, but shoveling—they're so rich. Shoveling it in your face after you were told, "Please don't do that." Right. Yeah, that's uh, you're not the jerk, right? No. Am I a jerk for not telling anybody what my mother wanted at her funeral because it would have been really expensive? My mother wanted a very particular funeral and only communicated this with me. Uh When she passed, I did not share her wishes with her partner as they were extravagant, and I knew he would want to do all of it. We planned a beautiful beautiful funeral for my mom, Uh but it was not exactly as she had described it to me, and a few of the features were left off. This was months ago. But I recently accidentally told him in conversation 
that she had told me she wanted something at the funeral, something that he was unaware of at the time, and something that we ended up not doing for her. He, he did tell him? Yeah. yeah. He, the, the person who writes this says that they did share with the partner, hey, uh, there's, mom told me she wanted this, but we and didn't what do what was it. their take on it? He blew up in a rage oh, and said that my mother must be turning in her grave to know that I didn't act upon her wishes to do what she had asked. He's livid with me for withholding this information from him and has not spoke to me since. Am I the jerk here? My mom had a beautiful ceremony, and I'm upset that her, her partner is no longer speaking to me about well, here's this. Here's the thing. If, if, if before you pass away, mm -hmm. you can't just ask for anything, can you? I shouldn't think that's how it works. No. You can't just, like, listen. hey, Anything goes. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. Because essentially, a funeral is really not for that person. It's for the everyone else, right? That is correct. So it's like, well, being that this is for me, <laughs> I don't listen. <laughs> and and here's the thing about a funeral: uh, unless you have paid for it in right, advance, exactly. Okay, it's one thing. It's like I've already taken care of it. Okay, well then, yeah, I guess so. Right, sure. right. If you want a horse-drawn carriage and you've made arrangements right. and paid for that, yes, then of course we'll take but, care of that. But you can't be before you pass away. Be like spare no expense. I want Springsteen to play the funeral. We might not be able to get him. I. This is my wish. Make it happen. You will make it happen. You guys will really enjoy. Have him play three songs. Now, this person does not offer details on what mom wanted. Yeah, what exactly? I wish, I wish we had those details. Yeah. How extravagant are we talking about? I mean, funerals tend to all kind of be the same. They're all pretty uniform. I don't know what they... It is my request that uh, 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 the Flying Elvises uh, land at the wake. And furthermore, I want a hundred trumpet players to all play Chuck Mangione. What are you talking about? I want to be buried next to Chuck Mangione. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is Chuck still with us? Yes, he just had a birthday. Well, that, see, that's the sort of outrageous thing that you can't do. It's like, you want Chuck Mangione killed? Have the Rolling Stones <laughs> killed. Do as I say. We can't. I'm sorry. When I but die. I'm not going to go put a hit out on Chuck Mangione. It's important. So you can be buried by him. I've always wanted to die on the same day as Chuck Mangione. When I go, you take him out. I mean the exact same day. Not, not, a, not the date and a different year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you blow this, I'm not giving you a year to finish the task. Yeah, so some, some requests you just can't fulfill. Sorry. Again. It sounds like they had a lovely yes. ceremony. Yes. But here's the other thing. Why are you accidentally blabbing this? Then why did you just, then you should have kept, Keep just that kept to yourself. it to yourself. Exactly. Okay. A secret, Darren, is best kept when it's between two people and one of them is dead. There you I go. think Benjamin Franklin said that. There you go. That's the only way. If only two people know something and the other one is dead, then you're good. That's the only secret there really is. It's true. Otherwise, it's so otherwise true. what you have is not a secret. No, no. So you, you probably shouldn't have told your mom's boyfriend or partner or whatever 
this information. Yeah, you can come up with something else to say to him. Mom wanted, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Mom wanted an aircraft carrier named after her. Well, we should have done that. I don't think that's how it works. Would I be a jerk if I called off my wedding? Because my fiancé won't wear his night guard. Like, for braces? Listen to this. I'm a 29-year-old woman, and my 25-year-old fiancé, we've been together for five years. We've lived together for two and a half years. He and I both grind our teeth at night. Uh However, I wear a night guard every night, and he does not. For at least the last year, I've been asking him to wear a night guard as I can hear him grinding his teeth at night. Uh It's to the point where sometimes it wakes me up. It's generally a very unpleasant sound, like nails on a chalkboard level of awful. That's not good. When this first became a problem, he went and bought a night guard and wore it, but he would spit it out in his sleep. That happened enough that our dog got a hold of it and chewed it up. He's replaced it a couple of times at my request, but eventually just stopped wearing it. For a while, I let it go as it wasn't waking me up overall, and I didn't notice it. I started noticing it again a few months later and asked him to get another night guard. He decided to try using his Invisalign retainers, which worked fine, but he stopped using those after a couple of nights, too. Since then, there have been countless nights of me waking him up to put a retainer in. I try every way possible to wake him nicely, but eventually I have to shake him awake. And he puts them in while he's half awake and he's mad. In the morning, I tell him about it, and he says he has no memory of it. I don't know what you're talking about. After these incidences, I've tried telling him how much it bothers me. I've tried brainstorming other ideas or finding a compromise. But all he says is he just doesn't like wearing it, but he'll try to do better. Well, the last time I brought it up, I lost my mind. I started yelling and screaming and telling him I can't stand it anymore. I can't sleep. The sounds make me want to rip my ears off. He slept on the couch that night and said he'd try to wear it more and apologized. He did it for a night or two, but now he's back to not wearing it again. I can't take this anymore, and I cannot live the rest of my life like this. I don't know how else to explain to him how much it bothers me. If he wanted to discuss compromise or discuss it at all beyond complaining about wearing one and making empty promises to wear it, I would offer to wear earplugs or something, but at this point, it's just the principle of it. He has disregarded my requests time and time again, and I feel like he doesn't respect me or my needs, and he doesn't seem to care to try and fix it. So would I be a jerk for calling off our wedding over this? Sounds to me like you don't want to get married. I mean... Whatever. They call it, what do they call it? A sleep divorce when you're married, but you sleep in separate rooms? For a lot of people, that works. Yeah. Well... Get sleep divorced, but but get married? But you're not married yet. No. I don't know that. I don't know if this sounds like this is your uh, this your thing. Let me ask you a question, and I, I I suppose you wouldn't know this, but is teeth grinding like a genetic thing? I don't know about that. I mean, are, are you passing this teeth grinding onto your kids if two teeth grinders get married? That seems unfair. <laughs> I don't know that that's the case. Have a talk with your with your doctor or clergyman. <laughs> I don't know that anybody needs to bring another teeth grinder into this world, though. I don't know that that's responsible. That would be my t- that would be my two cents. The look on your face. The look on your face. 
because it was legitimately curious. I just Let me to... ask you this. Uh-huh. And I don't know that you'll know. Is teeth grinding genetic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there is a gene that gets passed on. You don't think so? Uh, I don't know that that's the case. I don't. I don't know. Is there a gene <sighs> for teeth grinding? You, I'm the wrong person. Now. Okay, that's someone says here researchers have determined that there is a genetic component that okay. can run in families. All right, so there you have it. As many as half people, uh, half of the people who have it, have a close family member who also grinds their teeth. Okay, there you have it. Something to think about. If if you're a teeth grinder and you're marrying a teeth grinder, I mean. You are you are burdening someone from day one. Gotcha. Even before they have teeth. Yeah. Do you, do you set someone aside when they're young and let them know that uh-huh. this is what's going on? That's something you need to have a a, a talk w- about, you know, yeah. before you start a family. I'm going to explain to you mm-hmm. how you're here, <laughs> and in that same conversation. We're going to cover the fact that you're genetically a, going to be a tooth grinder. It's a thing. I guess so. Well, I guess it's a have, thing. You have your answer. I mean, I, I didn't know, but I'm someone sure you else can, does. I'm sure you can lead a happy and, and productive life, but uh, I mean, if you're somebody that hates teeth grinding this much and you're marrying one, and then as you think about, you know. I guess those are the sort of questions you need to ask when you're getting to know somebody. This is it. Exactly. Have this conversation beforehand. You'll maybe, be glad. You'll be glad you did. Maybe, maybe this should be part of your profile if you're on the Tinder or something. Yeah. Is there a dating app for people who grind their teeth? Like, call it Grinder. Maybe. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm being told that that's already a thing. Is that a thing already? Well, it isn't. It isn't. Number five. 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 Number five. I noticed that the signs that are up on the uh, interstate. I was on I-74 yesterday. And uh, they have those electronic signs to let you know what's going on. Yes. Uh, And it was saying, like, okay, uh, you might want to slow down, maybe do 40 miles an hour when when plows Did they mention glove box salami? They didn't. But, you know, a lot of times on the interstates around the QCA, you'll see kind of, they'll put, like, different clever sayings. Yeah, yeah. And because we have the benefit of being a, a community that is in two states, right, uh, the old bi-state region, uh, you get the very clever uh, signs on the Illinois side and clever signs sometimes from the Department of Transportation on the Iowa side where they'll have little 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 jokes, you know? Yes, the most populous area that borders Iowa and Illinois. That's what a lot of people are saying. So every once in a while you'll see something on a, on a sign where, you know, like, like let's say, I don't know, let's say it's May 4th and it'll say, you know, uh, Yoda says slow down, may the 4th be with you or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's, it's Thanksgiving and, and it says, uh, you know, in Moline. Uh, don't, don't be a turkey. Yeah, driving, uh, driving basted is for turkeys. Like that's just, that's just clever. And I see those and I get a little chuckle, right? I, in fact, there are times where I think. Do you kind of wish that was your job? Oh, you know that I, you wish that was my job. Just come up with one clever thing a day to say. Not about, even about, once a day. Yeah. Well, I feel like they change it every day. Yeah. No, I do. The Iowa side, they also have that ominous uh, countdown of, like, how many people have died on the roads this year. So it's like, here's a joke. 38 people are dead so far this year. And here's the joke. It's, it's, it's an interesting transition. 
On the Illinois side, they just have a clever saying. They don't tell you how many people have died on the Illinois roads. Well, I mention this because these, again, genuinely, I get a kick out of these, these signs. Maybe I'm easily amused. The Federal Highway Administration, which is an agency within the United States Department of Transportation, is now telling the 50 nifty United States, mm-hmm. you need to cool it with the jokes on those signs. Okay. Those signs are not for you yes. to be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Those signs are meant to impart actual information to drivers. So it sounds like this job, Dave, is drying up. Yeah. Well, it's kind of you a bummer. You had your chance. You had your chance. These new guidelines from the Federal Highway Administration say signs should avoid language that uses pop culture references or humor. Oh, wait a minute. Are they? Because the feds are saying funny signs can distract drivers. Too so they're telling, the feds are telling all the states, uh, the Department of Transportation, knock it off with the jokes on those. Because people are getting distracted, and you're going to be part of the problem, not part of the solution. All of these, you know, clever one-liners, knock it off. Now, if you can show me data that proves there have been accidents where someone was laughing so hard at at one of these signs that that there's been uh, lives lost, then I say go ahead and get rid of them. If there was any truth to that, they would have banned us years ago. Right? State highway officials, I'm reading here from the Wall Street Journal, who often take pride in the one-liners, haven't tapped the brakes on the clever messages yet. They argue their signs focus on safety and are part of broader campaigns to encourage responsible driving at a time when it's badly needed. Because this is the thing. It's not like they're doing laffy taffy jokes. It's always about buckle your seatbelt, slow down, or, you know, don't drive when you're drunk. I mean... The jokes are always related to some sort of safety message. Yes. They're not up there doing a tight five minutes. What is with airline food? That's not a thing that you would put on a highway sign. Again, I read from the Wall Street Journal. Sam Cole, safety communications manager for Colorado's Department of Transportation, said that when he tells people what he does for work, all they remember are the road signs, which include quips such as this one at Halloween. Quote, yes, quips. Make Mummy happy, buckle up. These signs are called VMS, variable message signs. And yeah, if you're the VMS guy or the VMS gal uh, at a Department of Transportation, that's a job everybody wants. And yet the feds are saying, knock it off with anything that's funny or clever. Hmm. Electronic message boards primarily relay immediate need-to-know info such as a crash site is ahead, severe weather, or a closed lane. I feel like on the Illinois side, there's a lot more of uh, this, where they'll have amber alerts. Mm-hmm. You see that all the time, right? Yes, you do. You have a plate number and, and a make of the car. We're going to get rid of that, too, now? Is that too much of a distraction for people? The Federal Highway Administration lays out its position in the newest edition of an 1,100-page manual on uniform traffic control devices. And when you get to 519, page 519 of this thing, you'll find a guidance that says humorous science, quote, might be misunderstood or understood only by a limited segment of road users. 
if you're doing pop culture references, they're saying, you know, not a lot of people follow pop culture. They're not going to understand what that sign means. And then you're going to. And be what are they going to slam on the brakes? What? What was that one sign um, that you weren't couldn't quite figure out? What did that mean? Oh, was there one that puzzled me? Yeah. Yeah, I pride myself on usually being in on the joke, but I don't know. I thought there was. Was one. there some ref? Was it a pop culture reference I didn't get? No, I don't think it was. It was. It, I think it was a billboard. Was it a billboard sign on Harrison Street or something? That was like, what? What does that mean? Hmm. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That was on the Illinois side. Okay, Illinois side. It was like a traffic cone, something or another. It was about the the the. the this is a while ago. Yeah. It was a safe driving thing from the Illinois Department of Transportation. Yeah. And the idea was like, go ahead and get your hair cut, but don't text and drive. Yeah. And I thought, what is that? What? <laughs> it's okay to get your hair cut, just don't text and drive. That was the message. And I'm still puzzled by that. Was and I wasn't the only one. A lot of people were. Was that, a time, was that a time during uh, the pandemic where a lot of people were not getting their hair cut? Yeah, it must have been. By the way, I want to thank everybody who texted us at 563-223-8355. This double Big Mac. Yeah. The reason we don't remember it. Yeah. They rolled it out mid-March of 2020. Oh. Oh, okay. So, so they're it bringing really, it back, it, but it never really had a chance. It never really had a, a, an opportunity to really, yeah, right. take, take off. So when they say they're bringing it back, oh. they're not, it's not, Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we might have had other things on our mind. Well, yeah, McDonald's were shutting down, right? I yeah. mean, mid-March 2020? Yeah, I get it, I remember. Few holiday seasons ago, the Iowa Department or, or the Ohio, I'm sorry, the Ohio Department of Transportation had this on their signs. It said, "Life is fragile, drive safe." Now that's yes. a nod to the Christmas story movie, right? Yes, but not everybody understands that that's a reference to the Christmas story movie. So people are well. Here's confused. the thing. This is what I would say. The, the Department of Transportation got calls from people who didn't get the what the what the sign was about. I would say this. If you're driving mm -hmm. and you see a sign like that and you don't understand what it means, don't worry about it. This year, they did another Christmas story message in Ohio. Uh, it said, uh, a DUI, worse, gift, worse than a gift from Aunt Clara. A DUI, worse than a gift from Aunt Clara. Again, mm -hmm. if you haven't watched a Christmas story, you may not get the reference. But... Do you, you have you, to? You, you, Do you, you have know to? That, you know that it's saying don't get a DUI, yes, right? That's all. Well, what does that mean, Aunt Clara? Well, it could be anyone's Aunt Clara if you don't know the reference. Iowa this year, you would have seen a, a, on the on the signs on like 74 and 80, it said, Santa sees you on your phone. You serious, Clark? That, of course, an homage to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a movie that most of us have seen, yes? Not everyone. Not everybody. So that's, uh, you know... That's, that's something that the feds are saying, knock it off. Gotcha. New Jersey had this. Hold on to your butts. Help prevent forest fires. That, so, yeah, don't throw your cigarettes mm -hmm. out. New Jersey also had uh, this. Slow down. This ain't Thunder Road. The, 
The messages were almost too popular. The one that said, slow down, this ain't Thunder Road. In reference to Robert Mitchum. <laughs> the, the state's, uh, New Jersey's Transportation Department had to put out a notice warning drivers to please don't stop and take pictures of the signs. Oh. Okay, so that's so the that's delicate getting, that's, yeah, okay. if, if it's too funny, people are taking pictures. Now you've got a distraction. Which is fine the, if you're a passenger, but... The Federal Highway Administration took things a step further and blocked the jokes. So now, ever since then, New Jersey is keeping their messages safety-focused. I don't know. There was a... I'm looking here in Maine, a sign here that said, uh, for Christmas, it says, Santa sees when you're speeding. You're going to get rid of that? That's too uh, too distracting? Either way for me. <laughs> you won't miss them. I don't care. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 I'm probably busy with other things while I'm driving. See, and I, I'm probably in a super, super small minority of people that even pay attention to, to those signs. Well, you pay attention to people's license plate tags. I do. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I take in too much information sometimes when you I You might drive. be taking in way too much information. See, I'll be eating in the car knowing I'm compromised. I understand I'm compromised while I'm eating in I the would, car. You know why I don't eat in the car? Because it would take my focus away from everything exactly. else. But see, you I got, think, you got I think I'm doing the right thing and you're doing the wrong thing. I, but not, you're making me feel like I'm the weirdo. You're the one eating soup while you drive. I'm not saying what I'm doing is, is right. Yeah. I, but I, you're also not saying that what I'm doing is right. Well, I mean, technically, what well, technically, what you're doing is is better than what I'm doing. That's right. Hands at ten and two. Yeah. And, so, and but just, I mean, I understand. I understand if I've got a a Big Mac and I'm eating a Big Mac that I'm compromised. A double Big Mac? Is that something you'll tackle? Maybe. We shall see. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That's gonna do it for Dave and Darren's Top Five Things podcast. Thanks for downloading, liking, subscribing, telling your friends. Thanks for listening to it uh, live when you get a chance. Weekday mornings, five thirty to ten on Planet ninety three point nine KQCJ, Real Alternative Radio. Ah, uh, we want to thank, of course, Nature's Treatment of Illinois for being a part of it as well. Yes, Nature's Treatment has the largest menu in the entire state of Illinois. And they offer a wide selection of products for recreational use, including flower, vapes, edibles, and more. Sign up for your medical cannabis card through leafwell.com, and you're going to receive coupons and discounts. Until we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, you kooks. You say classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, representing. This is for the Quad Cities reference spot. Gavin Boyd, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on. And it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Your time is up. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.